1: Hey
2: there. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne
1: and I am Sabrina. Yes. I think we have this memorized. I think we've been doing pretty much the same exact intro for the past 20 episodes. I think so as well. But now that we say this, I
2: guarantee we'll mess up next time. Probably. So we just did the live show. Are you as high as I am still? Because it was like the biggest adrenaline rush of my life and I still am riding it. The thing that was
1: so weird to me was that people were excited to see us when I think you and I didn't even think that that would be a thing because we were so excited to see everyone. Like we felt like we were seeing celebrities like every single person that came up. We were like, oh, my God, like it's you. It's a listener. Like, I I recognize your name. I recognize your face. Like, I've seen you before. Like, we were
2: meeting all the people. And we're like, wait, you're real? You actually listen? (laughs) I know. That was the most surreal part is, like, we do this with just each other. And obviously, we know people listen because we interact with them on social media. to then sit in front of them and do a show was really yeah. really cool like, so crazy and there were a few people who had gone to
1: the podcast festival that we had met there that came to our live show and it was just so comforting seeing some familiar faces in the crowd when we were like absolutely beside ourselves nervous
2: uh, uh, yeah i didn't black out this time which is great i remember yeah, everything no, you didn't i sat
1: completely still though cuz i didn't know what to do with my arms when I wasn't telling my story. So I just froze. I was like, people are looking at me. They'll know if my arm is dangling. Like, <laughs> do I place it on my leg?
2: Is that weird? Does
1: that look good? Like, I was really
2: overthinking Corinne it. So I just, just froze. She, yep. This is the reveal that Corinne has been a programmed robot this entire time. This is just evidence that I didn't listen to
1: your story when you were telling it. Because I was too focused on where to put my hands. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, that's pretty important because hand placement is everything it is they say they say podcasts that either make it or break it based on where you put your hand <laughs> this is why we're not a video
1: podcast I'm also very self-conscious about and maybe this should be a disclaimer that we should just warn people now the venue was I believe 21 and older right
2: 18 and older
1: 18 and older okay mm-hmm. well something came over me. And I decided that we were an X-rated podcast, <laughs> and like every comment I made was so pervy. And uh, I'm sorry. We also are two
2: girls, one ghost. So. I know, but there
1: are, are also children and my grand, my grandmother, and my parents' friends who listen. So I think maybe if if you're not into R and X-rated comments, maybe skip that one when it comes around.
2: No you i don't i really don't think you made any really foul jokes okay well Everyone at least a parental advisory should be applied to that episode okay. that's for real well we do already we already have the explicit content but if
1: any explicit. if any if any are bad it's this one <laughs> <laughs> maybe every time you hear me talk just fast forward <laughs> oh my gosh no i'm getting self-conscious and then so i told my mom because i was like don't listen you and dad can't listen and also tell gma not to listen and then she called me back today and she was like i was thinking about it and you know that we have friends that listen and i can't control whether they listen or not (laughs) and i was like yeah but like i don't think it's that bad maybe i should just tell you what i said and then i repeated the things that i said to my mom and she got very quiet and she didn't really say anything and then she goes well, can you just edit that out? And no. I was like,
2: that would be everything I said. I wouldn't be in it. I can't. That's not coming to mind. What'd you say? Well, don't say it now because. Well, yeah, that, that's there was the, the issue. thing with the
1: mouth. There was the thing when I was growing up. There were too many things.
2: You know what? It's a part of life. There's nothing you can do about it. Everyone should listen to it, and then and then tell me that you actually liked it to make me not feel <laughs> <true>. <laughs> We had someone email us today and say, Corinne's story was so funny. And I was like, what about me? (laughs) Well, Sabrina, you were killing
1: me. Like, everyone was asking me, like, relatives and stuff. And my cousins were texting. And out-of-town friends, everyone, as soon as the show was over, was texting saying, how did it go? How did it go? And I was like, Sabrina was fire. You You were were too. It's teamwork.
2: I love you, Sabrina. I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What I was going to say, though, we're going to post the live show uh, in the next few weeks on our Patreon for our Patreon donors because that's one of their perks. But then we will also post it on our live whatever stream. What's that called? Our normal Um, stream? I don't know. The place where you go listen. We should not have a podcast because we don't know what we're doing. we don't know what it's called. It's an RSS feed, right? RSS feed, correct. But, like, I don't know what the world calls it. Anyway, we'll post it there eventually for you guys all to listen to. But before that happens, Corinne and I are, like, super into this and we want to do more. But we need to know where you guys want us to go. Mm -hmm. And the power mm -hmm. to the people we're we're just gonna keep going with it because it's like we loved it so much and it was so much fun let's just do it again so we're gonna start posting on our social media like kind of like the main cities that we have listeners from and if you can add your city and if we get enough people who want to come or and or are interested in seeing us live just make sure you add a vote
1: yeah add a vote we will do this on monday because
2: yeah. this comes out Sunday night. So Correct. I know a lot of people don't listen till the next day. And a lot of people so. are sleeping on Sunday night, unlike us last Sunday night when we were up very late. We were up until two AM. Yeah. And but like not just us. Our fans were up till two AM too. We had people drive from San Diego. We had people fly from Portland, Oregon, and uh pennsylvania pennsylvania we had people from
1: vegas it was unreal our jaws would just drop and we would go quiet the whole time i know it was wait we almost got
2: killed remember remember yes
1: but the girls saved us shout allie out allie and jenna saved yes yeah, okay i was just gonna shout them out but you did it <laughs> they saved us because they were in the back of the meet and greet line uh-huh. and some guy came off of the street and stood in line and they were like oh are you do you listen to the podcast like i don't know he just he, and he, he said, seemed off enough that they started like questioning
2: him yeah well because then he was like i just want a photo with the girls those yeah. girls i want a photo with the girls he wanted to touch us yeah and then um he was saying how he was going to buy the hollywood improv and then reveal it all all the conspiracies the conspiracies yes well what happened was there's was mental
1: illness right there but I'm just glad that they they recognized that and gave
2: us a little warning. And also, we don't want him to reveal our conspiracy of Corinne being a robot and me being an actual alien. But if you want to know the true
1: secrets of the world, this is a plug. Please join our cult. It is called (laughs) Illuminato.
2: All you have to do is listen to the podcast and tell other people about it. That is all you have to do. And that's how you've joined.
1: Yeah, that's our whole conspiracy theory. Drink our Kool-Aid,
2: guys. <laughs> Drink up. Drink it. Drink it.
1: Um, What else is going on? Oh,
2: so I heard a whisper in my ear today. When I was alone in my office, and it was like,
1: hi, Sabrina. Wait, Sabrina, did you go home with a ghost from the Hollywood
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, It's possible. Or I'm losing my mind because I don't sleep anymore. I don't know. It could be anything. Okay, maybe maybe our ghost is just getting a little more brave. But it was and
1: a feminine. And it's feeling a little more confident.
2: It was a feminine voice and we've <gasps> always said our ghost is. Have we
1: misidentified our spirit the whole time? Maybe we have multiple. Maybe we each have one.
2: Oh my gosh. Oh, and that was the other thing. The fruit fly freaking visited us in the middle of our live show. Oh, that was so cool. We that pointed really it out. Cool. It flew on stage. Yeah. Oh, Good
1: times. Good times.
2: I slept so hard after that.
1: Yeah, that was nice. I didn't sleep because I went to the airport four (laughs) hours later, so (laughs) I went home and packed up and cried and I was
2: so stressed about the show that my psoriasis broke out. (laughs) Uh, I was apparently super stressed out that the next day I got two massive zits in the middle of my forehead between my eyebrows that even my bangs don't cover up. Oh my God. They're like little twin zits. Little boobs. Little boobs on my forehead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, wow. It was so stressful, but it was so fun and kind of addicting. So we're definitely trying to do more. So yeah. don't forget to check Instagram. Okay. I'm
2: stoked for this episode.
1: Are you? Are. <laughs> because we're talking pirates.
2: <laughs> what? RDR. My I don't know why I almost said, there's a snake in my boot. That's not pirate.
1: (laughs) Wait, is that from Toy Story?
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's woody. Oh, gosh. Wait, okay, did you know did you know the real reason why pirates wear eye patches? It's not because they're missing an eye. It's because, I just learned this the other day, it's so weird. I feel like we chose this topic recently this week and But for some reason, people have been talking about pirates nonstop around me for the past few months. So this was the universe telling us to do it. But anyway, it's not because they've lost an eye. It's because when they were like captains on deck of the ship, they'd wear a a patch over their eye because there were a lot of times where like, imagine you're the captain and other pirates are like, I'm the captain now. And so you go below deck and they're waiting there to, to like siege and like take you down and if you go down below deck which is like pitch black for the most part rather than having to adjust to the darkness you could take your eye patch off and your one eye is already adjusted to the darkness so
1: what they
2: can't get one over on you is
1: that a thing Do your eyes actually yeah i feel like that would
2: injure your eye to have
1: one working against the other
2: i think what they would do is swap it so it's like When you go below deck, you put it over the eye that was in the sun, and then so so you see clearly. I guess. It just,
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm not
2: an optometrist, but it just seems harmful. (laughs) You're going to have to ask Andrew Ransom when you guys finally canoodle. Ooh. Do you hear that? Yeah, what was that? Someone's
1: getting in the shower.
2: Oh, it sounded like a UFO.
1: (laughs) I wish not. (laughs) I wish for them to come here and then I say, wait, hold up. I know someone who would like this so much more.
2: I'll give you her address.
1: I have her address. It is. (laughs) Is everyone ready? Grab your pen and
2: paper. (laughs) Better yet, just give them my social security number. (laughs) Do you remember our good friend Amanda? I think her last name's like Teague or something. The one who married the 300 year old pirate. Oh, you mean the divorcee now? The divorcee. Well, I did some investigating into it because I was like, I want to know all the dirty details. And apparently she hasn't like gone on record about a lot of things, but all she said about their breakup is she said, I will explain all in due course, but for now all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's not something to mess with, which makes me think, That the spirit that she ended up with was actually an incubus pretending to be a pirate because it knew that's what she wanted, and then it was trying to take her soul. It's like, we got married, bitch, you're mine. Sorry, excuse my language. But I imagine demons curse a lot.
1: I'm very curious about what happened to her in her relationship because, I mean, already, how much can you know? See, nowadays, we can background check people. We have mutual Mm -hmm. friends. But for her, she was kind of going in just trusting this spirit,
2: this stranger, mm-hmm. and knowing absolutely nothing about the person that he was.
1: Or and is.
2: and she said, like in the early reports, when she first was talking about how they fell in love, she said she tried to fight it, but something was like it. Something made it impossible for her to ignore her feelings for him, which again goes back to like that manipulative
1: yep classic quality. manipulation.
2: Yeah, so. It's scary, and I feel sad for her because she loved pirates. Clearly, whatever spirit this was, knew that, fed on right. that. Right. She was a Jack Sparrow
1: impersonator. Yeah,
2: exactly. Or
1: is. I don't know. I keep saying was, but I'm sure she probably still does that.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, who knows?
1: But it's just sad. It is. Yeah. Although, I wish it did work out, and I wish that that became a reality show. That's <laughs> like, so I don't watch reality TV except for like fixer upper and terrace house if you count those as reality tv but and the great british Breakoff off and marie kondo okay maybe oh I my do. gosh <laughs> i watch the nice ones not the like drama filled ones i don't watch yeah. like the bachelor or anything like that but if there was like a real housewives version of women who were married to ghost pirates oh, 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 oh. you can bet your butt i would or your bottom dollar you can bet your booty that I I would watch it.
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. So the reason I wanted to segue from that into my story is because I chose the OG pirate that Jack Sparrow was kind of built up, built around or created, mm-hmm. influenced by. Okay. Blackbeard. Do-do-do-do. Blackbeard. I also did research on a whole other pirate, and then I was like, Meh, I want to do a different one because yeah. I like to
1: give myself more work. I know. You've been doing that a lot recently. You must find confidence in your choices, Sabrina.
2: I'm I'm also just so indecisive. So, like, I'll do something all the way through and I'm like, eh, I could do it better. Or I, There's more out there. There are too many options in the world. It's like, give me a menu with one item. That way I don't have to make the decision. Yeah. Well, we can always come
1: back around and do topics again. So, if
2: that helps you. I saved it and said, TBD, future pirate episode. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I chose Blackbeard, and it's because Patreon supporters. I, so I posted on Patreon, and I was like, "We're doing pirates." And then I said, "Fuck Mary, kill!" Because someone went with the QA, Q&A question, did a "Fuck Mary, kill" question, and I thought it was really funny. So I asked people, um, FMK, Andrew Ransom, Blackbeard, and Jack Sparrow. And what do people say? Well, most people were into Blackbeard, so I was like, well, I guess I'm talking about Blackbeard. So who was Blackbeard? His name, uh, well, it's very confusing. So his name was Edward Teach or Thatch or Drummond, or his first name might have been William. No one really knows. There's like there was a list that went on for like a paragraph. It was like, it could be this, 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 this or this or this or this. And I was like, well, okay. Let's just call him Blackbeard because that's what he wanted to go by. Mm-hmm. Who cares what his given name was? He went by Blackbeard. He was an English pirate. And he was one of the worst of them all. And he operated around the Northern North American colonies. He was famous for his villainous and the fear that he instilled in people and his treasure and the lengths he went to, to protect said treasure. And as with most pirates that I was looking into, there's very little known about when he was born. It's just kind of, they know he was born because everyone's born at one point or another in their life. And, They think he was born around the year 1680, but no one really knows, and no one really knows what brought him to the northern North American colonies. It's just very, he's a man of mystery. All they do know is that in 1713, Edward joined the crew of Captain Benjamin Hornigold, who was this famous pirate, and Benjamin right away saw something in Edward. He still went by Edward, I think, or whatever his given name was, he went by that. At this point, and he was like, "Hey, old Edward," because that's how pirates talk. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, hey, buddy,
0: hey, hey old Edward,
2: hey." I imagine him with a hey, bud, a, like a cane. Hey, Edward. Okay, he was like, "Hey, Eddie, I just captured a sloop, which I just learned is what they called a boat." Okay, uh, I was
1: gonna say, "What is that? Is it a bird?" <laughs> it sounds, sounds like, like a bird.
2: It sounds like the stuff that they dump you dump on you in – um, what was that Nickelodeon show where they the, – Oh, they'd
1: slime you?
2: The, yeah, yeah. So then the rest is history because they began to engage in piracy together. They were this badass duo and they built a fleet. They captured ships. They built pirate crews. But then in 1717, Captain Benjamin Hornigold was like, oh, I am so tired. I just – I just, I'm, the pirate life is no more for me. And he retired. He got pardoned by some, someone who had the authority to do that. And then he retired. And then Blackbeard took over. Wait, he, you can be,
1: is, okay. What? I just went through a whole thing in my head. I was like, why do you have to be pardoned? Why can't you just leave? And then I was like, oh, well, it is illegal and, you know, mob, <laughs> mafia, you can't just. You're never out. Exactly, You're
2: never out. And you can't just go around pillaging ships and towns, and then be like, then "All then right, I'm I'm done now. Let I'd me rather, live here."
1: I'd rather get into selling succulents
2: on my Etsy
1: page. So
2: that would be great. That would be nice. I don't think they had Etsy <laughs> back then, unfortunately. And I don't think succulents were as common. Um, I just had a really gross thought in my head. Is it X-rated? It was X-rated. It was Corinne at the live show rated.
1: Would you like to say it or do (laughs) you want to keep it in your mind?
2: (laughs) So Hornigold retires and Blackbeard is born. He takes over the ship. He renames it Queen Anne's Revenge. And then he arms it with 40 guns. And the reason his name was Blackbeard is because he had a thick black beard. And he was this, like, very fierce, intimidating man who would do anything to intimidate you. And he was known to light matches under his hat and, like, on his beard. And so when he would approach enemies or people he was going to attack, he would appear, like, on fire.
1: Wow. That's which, one way to display yourself. That's, that's like, the original peacocking.
2: Yeah, but it's also, like, that sounds very dangerous. Please do not try this at home kind of behavior.
1: True. I'm surprised. But I guess it worked for him. He
2: he has a, a great reputation as scary. And, you know, if you have to light yourself on fire to do that, all the more power to you. So the Queen Anne's revenge served as the flagship of Blackbeard's pirate fleet. And he had. I think, over four ships and over 200 men working for him, and together they terrorized the Caribbean and southern coast of North America. People were so afraid of traveling on the oceans or like working on the oceans as sailors or uh, on merchant ships because of of Blackbeard's reputation. They were like, if we're on the seas and Blackbeard finds us, he'll come on our ship, he'll rob us in the middle of the night. And leave us stranded because he he was after boats and ships and he wanted Mm -hmm. more and more. And he also, when he went into battle, he would strap multiple pistols and multiple cutlasses to his body. And like I said, he would set himself on fire (laughs) as he was stepping onto the ship. And then he was terrifying. And so most of the sea captains would just completely surrender when seeing him, which I don't blame them. If you saw a blazing man walking towards you with like – like, very manly, broad-shouldered, tall stance. I'd be like, I'm gonna just jump in the water now, please. Oh my gosh, I don't think I'd believe what I was saying. I think I'd be like, Am I having sleep paralysis?
1: <laughs> Is this a dream? Is this person a ghost? Have I forgotten to drink water and eat citrus? Am I hallucinating?
2: I don't know. People also associated him with the devil because his flag had pictures of the devil and a horned skeleton mm-hmm. holding a spear. And an hourglass and a bleeding heart. So like he just like he he embodied this like really scary, fierce image. Isn't it interesting
1: to think that he came up with that image and then had to go to like an artist, a local artist and be like,
2: so here's my vision. <laughs> <laughs> it's like celebrities nowadays where they're like, what makes you different? Like find your thing. And yeah. he found his and he it did. worked for him. It's, it's his
1: it's- version of a meat dress.
2: Oh, yeah. Blackbeard. (laughs) I like comparing Blackbeard and Lady Gaga. That's something you don't hear every day.
1: Natural (laughs) comparison.
2: And so despite his ability to induce terror, apparently Blackbeard never actually killed anyone. But it just depends on who you ask and what what reports you read. But you know, record keeping wasn't great. And I doubt a pirate kept records of the people he killed. And also he likely couldn't read and read or write. So he wouldn't be like journaling every night on the ship. <laughs> he returns home. And it's like, today, I killed three people.
1: Yes, dear diary. <laughs> I got Um, my first gray beard hair today.
2: Oh, no. He burned it on fire. I
1: took it out on the others.
2: (laughs) Don't pluck it. You'll grow three more. I'm sure Blackbeard was just driven by his own insecurities. We all are, aren't we?
1: That's true.
2: So, yeah, it depends on who you ask. Because some other people, some other reports that I read said that he would kill when necessary. Uh, He was always... courteous to those who surrendered but then the people who wouldn't surrender he would just like got them what a strange contrast to go from polite and pleasant to just like absolute madman well i guess maybe i don't know when this rule was started but treat others the way that you want to be treated and if so he's treating people courteous he's like i'll be nice to you if you're nice to me and so he doesn't kill those people but then the people who aren't nice to him he's like well you're not being nice to me so i'm not gonna be nice to you i'm gonna kill you but they didn't put themselves in that situation he's like boarding their boats and trying to steal their crap listen pick it up with blackbeard this isn't i can't defend his I behaviors. I will.
1: Our first date is next week, so I'm <laughs> going to add this to the list of questions I have for first date.
2: People. Your your little flashcards you have prepared?
1: Yes. I do bring it out. Rarely does it go over well.
2: <laughs> Blackbeard also would occasionally, according to some reports, would kill his crewmen if they overstepped or if they like forgot who he was and talked to him as if they were pals. And he apparently was a fanatic lover. He had 14 wives and he made each one of his wives feel very, very important and special and would make them feel like they were his one and only true love um until he met the next okay. one. Okay. We should take a tip from Blackbeard
1: because if he was able to do that and everything else, oh, his time management skills.
2: <laughs> I don't think he had 14 all at once. I think he would oh. like have one really like woo them and manipulate them and be like you are the one love of my life I will never lose you and then he'd meet another pretty woman and be like he am- <laughs> <laughs> so his fleet traveled to South Carolina and there Blackbeard made an alliance of pirates and they blocked the port of Charlestown and he began to ransom the people there and so he basically like took prisoners and then called the governor of that of uh charlestown and was like hey i'm gonna kill all of these people unless you give me these supplies and it took like a week because the pirates who were escorting the governor back to town got really drunk in a bar and they couldn't find them again to go back to the ship but blackbeard didn't kill anyone because he finally got the things that he wanted and he left and went back to the seas his
1: way or the highway
2: Exactly. And then in 1718, so May of 1718, the Queen Anne's Revenge and another one of his ships were shipwrecked, which forced Blackbeard to desert his ships and a lot of his men and a lot of his supplies. And then he sailed back to Bath, North Carolina. And there he met with Charles Eden, who was the governor and was like, look, man, I lost everything. Can you pardon me? And I promise to live a very peaceful life here in bath and eden was like okay fine also the names that you're saying eden
1: and bath it's like the most peaceful like come take a bath and
2: relax in our spa (laughs) in the garden of eden of eden it does sound relaxing i kind of want to go take a bath in the garden of eden now Should we add some yoga meditation uh, sounds over this podcast? So Eden was like, sure, you can, but whatever you do have, I want half of it. So Blackbeard had to give half of his booty to (laughs) Charles. And then he settled in Bath and married a local plantation's daughter who was apparently 14 years old. That's never should ever be allowed. No, but unfortunately in the 1700s, uh, women were property and... It didn't matter how old they were. Uh, so he marries this young girl and he tries really hard to, to be domestic. He tries to be a good husband. He tries to be a good neighbor. He like – he he actually like does pretty well. He gets along really well with his neighbors. He brings them rum and he hangs out and – but he feels like something's missing. The pirate's life. And so he <laughs> – he goes I to I always and- want
1: to sing the song.
2: <laughs> Sing it. I it's like for me so then blackbeard is like oh, eden man i tried but like can i at least do like a like pirating but for the government so which is called privateering so it's basically pirating but it's legal because the government condones it and so eden's like sure okay and so then blackbeard sets out again and unfortunately there are all these governors. I think that it was at the governor of the governor of Pennsylvania had set out a warrant for Blackbeard's arrest because of all the stuff that he had done in the past, and was like, "Find him, arrest him, I want him." And so, when Blackbeard's out on the waters, he goes to Ocracoke Island, which is in North Carolina, and uh, the governor of Pennsylvania fails, and then the governor of Virginia is like. Enough is enough. His name is Alexander Spotswood. And he's like, I'm sending a full British naval fleet and we are taking him out. So on November 22nd, Blackbeard's forces were defeated and he was killed in the Battle of Ocracoke Island. And legend has it that Blackbeard, who captured more than 20 ships in his very brief pirating career, because seriously, he was a pirate for maybe five years and then he died. But he... In that battle, received five musket ball wounds and 20 sword lacerations before <gasps> dying.
1: Oh, the sword that gets me.
2: I know. Oh. Well, yeah, because, like, imagine just even being stabbed by a knife, but uh, now a, a really a big, long knife. Thick
1: blade. Nope. Yeah.
2: Which is probably rusty. Your blood's like getting poisoned from it. But he yeah. – 20 sword lacerations and five musket ball wounds. That's, oh, my gosh. I don't he, know what a musket ball is, but I'm assuming
1: it's some sort of, like, little – Like, little iron. little mini gun or cannon?
2: Yeah, I think – apparently it's impossible to fathom that someone would survive from th- that many wounds. Well, and so yeah. – so then – so this is already beginning his legend of, like, Blackbeard was this, like, famous pirate. He was invincible. And even when he died, he died with, uh, like, he put up a big fight. And Robert Maynard, who was commanding the naval fleet who went and killed Blackbeard, goes to find Blackbeard's body. He cuts off his head and he mounts uh, Blackbeard's head on the bowsprit of the ship and sails back to the governor and is like, look what I did. And so when they take his head off and put it on the ship, they dump his body over into the water. And legend has it that his body then swam around the boat, circling it three times, once, twice, thrice, and then it sunk to the depths of the sea. Uh! And ever since then, it is said that Blackbeard's ghost haunts that very spot, which is now known as Teach's Hole, which is one of his believed surnames. And many people have reported seeing a strange light moving beneath the water in the cove. It's like a misty shape of a headless body. And I'm headless? Why, what?
1: I said, I wonder why headless.
2: Because they took his head when they left. Oh, that's true. Others will hear a voice calling out in the night, especially when it's really rainy or really windy. They will hear the sounds of an angry man. And it's all coming from this one place, Tetris Cove. And people believe the voice is saying, where's my head? (laughs) And it turns out his head, it it might actually be in a museum in Salem, Massachusetts. so you can go see it. Okay. Stop what we're doing. Stop this
1: recording. I'm going. I'm driving there right now in my pajama set.
2: Go. Because it said that after Maynard put the head on the front of his ship, he then returned home and he put it on like a a stake and then put it in the sea and was like a warning to all other pirates like you better not come here because look what will happen to you. And then someone apparently stole the head. And it disappeared, but then it reappeared at a bar in Virginia, and it was lined in silver and was used as a goblet. And so now it's supposed to be in the museum. So I don't know because I can't imagine how you would be able to tell it's the same skull. Yeah. Also, I'm glad you specified skull because something in my idiotic brain pictured
1: a fleshy, like I literally thought I was going to go see his face. And then when you were like, and it was used as a goblet, I was like,
2: what? A goblet to drink,
1: brain slushy? Gross. (laughs) What if you get a little crispy dead skin flaked in stuck between your teeth? Back in those molars, it's hard to get it. Ew. It's like a little piece of like popcorn kernel, but it's... Oh, be dead blackbeard skin.
2: Ew. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> oh, ew. <laughs> More reports of blackbeard spirit began in 1800s. Locals on the coast of North Carolina would see and hear what sounded like an epic battle of ships, and, they, and people would hear men screaming, but when they would look out on the waters, sometimes they would see nothing, but they'd still hear it all. Other times they would see misty, Ghostly apparition ships, and sometimes I would see massive balls of fire fly across the sky and then just disappear like cannons. And oh. legends state that Blackbeard's ghost most often appears right before a storm rages along the coast, so near Ococo, Bath, Albemarle, and Pal- Palmico Sound. Sorry, I can't speak, don't know how to say that. And then People also often say that Blackbeard's spirit is at the Isle of Shoals in Maine and in New Hampshire searching for a. his buried treasure. And most people I yes, feel like know... you
1: covered the Isle of Shoals yes. only, only a couple months ago.
2: Correct. And I feel like most people associate Blackbeard with his buried treasure, which may or may not be a true thing. But anyway... People have seen him, or people believe that there are chests filled with gold and treasure in uh, Delaware, where Blackbeard visited many years ago, or like before he died, obviously. And people say that his spirit won't rest until his treasure is found, although I think I'd be more concerned about my head at that point when you're dead. Um, Others argue that his ghost guards his booty, and so (laughs) when um, treasure hunters are too close to it he'll appear and fight them off and then there's this whole thing about a curse that he put on the treasure that when he buried his treasure he would also bury a man with the treasure and a small black dog right next to it and then they were kind of per- put under a spell and so anytime that anyone got close to the treasure these two spirits would come out and protect it and then fight off whoever was coming and there's treasure hunters who in the Burlington, New Jersey area claim that they were searching for the booty that was hid there and while they were digging they saw the spectral body of a man with glaring eyes and a dog who guarded the treasure and they kind of started chasing after them and they ran away. Oh wow. Which to me is almost like isn't that kind of a dead giveaway then that that they're on the right Yeah, keep spot? searching. Keep going, like bring a medium, clear the space and get it.
1: Grab your crystals, douse yourself in sage. You can buy
2: spray, spray it on you. Yeah, exactly.
1: Say a little prayer.
2: There's also a place called the Gold Hole, which is in North Carolina, located in Cape Fear region. And it's rumored to be bottomless, making it the perfect hiding place for pirates like Blackbeard to store their loot. And there are these like legends that say people who go digging for it disappear into the bottom of the hole and never come out. But others just said like they can't find it and they give up and go home. So who knows? Depends on what you want to believe. This I like believe me
1: of your of what you covered a long time ago—the superstitious or superstition mountains. Uh huh.
2: Yeah. People, people die for treasure. It's a dangerous job. Yeah, it really is. But the truth is that Blackbeard likely didn't have much buried treasure. And if he did, it probably has gone bad now. Because most of the stuff that pirates or Blackbeard specifically was looting was, yes, yeah, some valuable items. But mostly it was like goods that he could then sell and make profit for himself, which would be kind of food that... Or goods that would perish over time. So mm-hmm. if he buried it, it would be worth nothing and it would be probably a little smelly down there. And then also, people think that they're confusing Blackbeard with her. There's like a pirate called William Kidd, who was this infamous pirate who did bury treasure everywhere. And then also, yeah. I'll end it with. If you want to see Blackbeard Spirit, go to Coke Island because that's where you'll likely see him. And in October, they have a major Blackbeard Festival. <gasps> Sabrina! Mm-hmm.
1: Do we go there and then do we go to St. Augustine? I love it. It's just a
2: pirate-themed week. It's the pirate life for me.
1: Yes, we can You, – I'll be – I'll dress as SpongeBob, you dress as Patrick. Ah,
2: oh, perfect.
1: Great. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. Okay, well, this is this was great because Blackbeard, I think, is a name of a pirate that almost everyone recognizes. But you don't really know the story behind it other than him just, you know, being a brutal right. person and
2: having that sort of reputation. And who knows? Maybe he really didn't kill a lot of people and he's just misunderstood and he can't speak for himself because he has no head. And so even if he his ghost could talk, he couldn't because his head is M.I.A.
1: Right. He might have been like the most peaceful person, too, and just been really smart in terms of like a business sense. Wow. Who's not smart? Me, in the (laughs) words that I'm saying. What I'm trying to say, though, is what if instead of actually being brutal to people and, you know, killing them and abusing them, Maybe he just spread a ton of rumors around and had all of his crew members mm-hmm. spread the rumors so that everyone feared him and they Ooh. always always surrendered. So he didn't have to do
2: anything, but really he never touched anyone. Wow. Never kind broke of a a smart. Nail. Smart marketing plan. Maybe we should do that about us. Okay, guys. <laughs> Guys, Sabrina and Karina are going to haunt you for the rest of your life if you don't listen to their podcast. You better listen.
1: It's totally Kyle. That's what you are like. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Sometimes uh, I think I have a little California accent coming out of me. We totally do. It's- but I'm supposed to be from
2: Vermont. Yeah. Tomato man. What pirate did you choose?
1: A pirate that I never heard of before. Ah. But it was interesting enough for me to want to write about it. This is the story. It's interesting because both of us have headless pirates. (gasps) We do? So I guess beheading was a popular thing back then.
2: I guess so. So
1: this is the story of the Seahorse Key headless pirate. So down in Florida, in the Florida Keys. Well, I don't really know what the keys are. I think Florida Keys. Is the Florida Keys a specific area of keys, or is it just all keys and little islands that exist?
2: The only other keys I know are the ones that I use in my door.
1: That's super helpful. Thank you.
2: You're welcome.
1: Okay. Well, basically, (laughs) this thing is like an hour or two north of Tampa, I think. I looked at a map. It's kind of in the northern part of Florida, but it's on Mm -hmm. the Gulf of Mexico. So, it's on the west coast of Florida. And there's this little key, so like a little kind of island, Named Seahorse Key. And it was named Seahorse Key because of its shape. Which, actually, when I was looking at the map, I did see that the neighboring island's name was Deadman. I'm wondering how that got its name. Because it's not shaped like a dead man. <laughs> I bet you there were some dead men there. Maybe that's where this pirate would dump the bodies. Ooh. So in this area, there is a legend of the pirate named Pierre Leblanc. And oh, very French. Yes. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Bonjour, Pierre. <laughs> Voulez-vous que avec moi ce soir? Oui, oui. oui. <laughs> Christina Aguilera.
2: <laughs> Mom, how's our friend?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pierre Leblanc worked for another pirate, Jean Lafitte. And Jean was pretty brutal, and he was a very dangerous guy. He would terrorize towns and other seamen and seaman. Seaman. word.
2: That's the guy that I was going to do. Yes, I know, and I'm mad that
1: you're not doing it because you were like, our pirates are
2: related.
1: (laughs) Yours was my boss. He does. Now you did Blackbeard. That's okay. Okay, but he would terrorize everyone. He'd basically steal everything that they owned. He was crappy. But he stole a whole lot of booty uh, for doing (laughs) so. Um and he had a plethora of treasure and he was like okay well I just can't keep this stuff with me at all times I need to leave it I have so much I need to leave it places so I that have people don't, too
2: much booty I don't know what to do with all booty. this booty 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 rocking everywhere I will never say
1: I try to work on growing a booty all the time squats man yeah you know I think even when I played field hockey I mean like I had a butt but like I never had like a butt like I didn't
2: have a donk and I wanted one got to get a butt implant. You should just wear the butt pads that you got for your Halloween costume all the time. When
1: I was Kylie, mm-hmm. <laughs> I should. Okay, but Pierre had a ton of booty. And so he was like, okay, I need to leave this all around with guards so that people can't snatch it. And if they
2: do find my booty, they won't get all of it all at once, which is kind of smart. Can we, instead of calling people treasure hunters, can we call them booty snatchers? <laughs>
1: i really like that
2: (laughs) okay cool glad we're on the same page
1: (laughs) so jean has i probably said Pierre earlier but jean has a lot of treasure and he's got jewels he's got gold he's got other valuables and he's like you know what i should leave this on seahorse island and i should have my subordinate pierre leblanc guard the island and my treasure and Mm -hmm. so pierre was like cool yeah i will watch over this treasure (laughs) i'll ensure no one steals it and i don't care that i'm going to be totally alone and secluded on an island i don't need anyone but jean actually was like don't worry i'll give you a little bit of company and he gave him a horse he gave him a palomino horse to keep him company but also mostly i think it was selfish because he wanted him to just be able to quickly ride up and down the coast to make sure no one was coming on the island
2: Oh, I was going to say, Jean sounds pretty kind to give a horse. No, I think it was more about,
1: like, readiness and security. Yeah. But it wasn't overly successful because Pierre did not notice when someone did get onto the island. And then this guy was, like, walking up to Pierre on the beach, I guess. And Pierre was like, whoa, man. (laughs) How'd you get here? Halt. Halt. This is my job to say halt. You can't be here. And then the guy was like, whoa. I'm just here to hunt snakes. Let me live my life. I don't know what your whole thing is, but I come in peace. And so Pierre was like, "Mm, I'm a little bit weary of you, but I guess I'll buddy up to you because I've been alone for a long time and I have no friends and I'm craving social interaction.
2: With a snake hunter.
1: Yes, with a snake hunter. And so they got drunk together and they were chatting and Pierre was talking all about his job of guarding the treasure because he's a fool. Yep. Yep. And then eventually they parted ways for the night and Pierre went off with his horse, leaving the stranger behind to do God knows what.
2: Oh, Pierre. Oh, Pierre.
1: And then the next day, the stranger wakes up early, earlier than Pierre, and begins exploring the island before Pierre wakes up. And he finds Pierre laying by the treasure, right by the chest, and the chest again, to remind you, it's filled with gold and jewels and everything else. And Pierre was running his mouth the night before about all this stuff when he was getting crunk. And mm. so obviously the stranger's is like, well, I'm trying to steal this. And who's going to know? It's just him and Pierre and the horse. Right. So then Pierre wakes up. And he's still a little groggy and probably hung over from drinking the night before. And he realizes what's happening around him. And he charges the stranger, like tries to protect the treasure, the booty. And so Pierre and the stranger have a crazy fight. And eventually the stranger chops Pierre's head off. <gasps> wow. Yep. That
2: escalated quickly.
1: Yeah. So I guess the, the stranger won in terms of, <laughs> winning. In terms of winning the, the treasure <laughs> and winning the fight. But I think he lost in terms of, you know, morality or any sense of right. decency or yeah, maybe your chance of not making going it to, heaven. to hell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he got off with the treasure, lost Jean's treasure. Pierre was dead on seahorse key island and here's Mm. what's a little curious about this story is that in all the articles i read i couldn't find the name of the stranger which i was like hmm that's a little weird because the stranger would have had to tell someone what happened because pierre was dead so how would anyone else know what happened he wasn't there to tell people and some people are like well this is nothing more than a legend but if that's true if it's just a legend, it does not explain the many sightings of Pierre's spirit. <laughs> this is why we're here. Well, and also we can only assume it's Pierre because the spirit does appear headless and Pierre was supposedly beheaded. So there's no facial features for identification purposes
2: oh my gosh conspiracy what if pierre actually lived he killed the stranger took all the treasure for himself and then spread this rumor and he knew that he had to remove the head so that no one could identify him it's not
1: a bad idea and maybe pierre did do that if he was smart but i'm uncertain he was i don't know his state (laughs) so this headless spirit this headless ghost will appear oftentimes on a horse and so he's a headless horseman he's nice he's a headless pirate horseman (laughs) what a combo i mean he's got a lot going for him florida (laughs) (laughs) he's often seen at night riding his horse up and down the coast of the island perhaps guarding the island still or maybe not all of the treasure was actually taken. Maybe there's still some pieces left and he's guarding that.
0: Ah. Or maybe he's
1: just searching for his head. Kind of like Blackbeard. But some people have had much closer encounters. <gasps> so I'm going to tell you, there's a book, it's called Haunted Florida, and a man named Cliff recounted his story with, or his encounter with fear. And then I'm going to just tell that to you. Perfect. Again i can't wait okay so cliff said that he was out on the islands off of the coast of florida he frequently does that because he's a spear fisherman so he's always out there on his
2: boat and like in the water fishing i didn't realize spear fishing was still a common thing
1: yeah it is and it's like a hobby of a lot of people like my dad would go spear fishing um in the lake where my grandmother has a house it just seems so difficult I think that's what makes it fun. I just want things to be easy. The skill involved versus just (laughs) casting a net and sitting back and waiting for crap to come up. More power to them. So Cliff, this is like a normal thing he does. He's a spear fisherman. So he's always out and about. And Seahorse Key had become one of his regular stops. He'd been going there for two years without incident. Nothing ever happened. It was just a good spot to go because there was a lighthouse in that area. Actually, there still might be. But basically, something was up with the lighthouse. It was oddly positioned. And a lot of shipwrecks happened in that area. So like it clearly didn't do a great job. And with shipwrecks come a lot of sea life. They basically kind of use it as like a coral reef type of thing. And so he's like, it's a great location to be because all these ships have all of these different fish around. So Mm. it's some good spearfishing. So Cliff was at Seahorse Key one day. It was a normal day. He got off of the boat and he swam around a bit looking for fish. And the current and his just own swimming kind of took him pretty far from where his boat was anchored. So he was like, I'm just going to swim to shore and take a break before I try to swim back to my boat. Be safe, you know, play it. Mm -hmm. Play it safe in the water. The ocean will always win. Oh, that scares me. So Cliff goes to shore and he lays back on the sand and he closes his eyes and he thinks he must have drifted off to sleep because suddenly he was startled awake by something in the sand right beside his head and this was starting to push upwards and he's like oh there's a crab there must be a crab so he's just laying there and he just kind of like his head is turned and he's watching the sand waiting for the little the little crustacean to emerge and scurry on but the crab didn't come instead he saw long pointy blackened fingernails (gasps) and fingers followed the fingernails and then the rest of the palm and the hand battled its way to freedom and what cliff at this point is just frozen with fear he said his heart was pounding like he he knew he should get up and run but but he he just couldn't
2: he was just stuck wow
1: And so he just lays there watching in horror, and the hand pushes past the sand, and then eventually an arm, and then a shoulder, and then the rest of the body. And Cliff said that he was hyperventilating, like he was sitting there hyperventilating, but unable to actually get his body up and running.
2: Oh, my gosh.
1: And so he's just watching this, and the body, the upper half of the body fully emerges, and he can see... It's at this point that he he notices that the area in between the shoulders, like where the neck <laughs> is, and there's decaying tissue and severed arteries and no head. Oh. And so Cliff is shitting himself. And to his <laughs> absolute horror, the headless figure then reaches out and like kind of feels around blindly, like patting around the area Oh, and Bumps into Cliff's elbow. Like made contact. <laughs> the hand made contact with Cliff's oh, I elbow. Hate this. And Cliff said at this point he was still frozen, but the the headless creature thing kind of like stopped for a second and like pulled back, like thinking, like, what is that? Because <laughs> obviously he couldn't see he was headless. Yeah. And then just very frantically started reaching for Cliff, trying to grab his arm and pull him. And so Cliff is like, fuck this. And he gets up and he books it away to some nearby rocks and he goes behind it and he watches as the headless figure continues to move more quickly this time, pulling oh the rest of his body out of the sand. Gosh. Shimming his way up, digging himself out. And so Cliff realizes okay, once that thing is out of the sand, it has legs. I may be at a disadvantage. And so I have to act now if I'm ever going to do anything and survive this thing because this is super unpredictable. This has never happened before. (laughs) Never heard of this before. So he grabs some rocks and he runs back over while the thing is still somewhat wedged into the sand. It just starts smashing. it, Just smashing, 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 hitting the body, making contact over and over and over again. What the heck? cliff is feeling super squeamish and he's really disgusted by what he's doing he's like absolutely repulsed and it's it goes against like what he would naturally do and so it was really hard for him to do but he was like this is fight or flight and also like my life depends on it so he just keeps doing it because he just had no choice and then eventually the body kind of just stops altogether. i hate this so much (laughs) It's like zombies, isn't it? So scary. Yeah. So exactly. So it's not like so he hits the thing and the thing stops, but this isn't a normal person or living creature. Like this is something paranormal. really
2: so it's not normal.
1: Didn't you know that headless, <laughs> decaying fleshed bodies don't typically have their own free will and move about? Damn, this is scary. Yes, and so Cliff is like, okay, well, I, I mean. I knocked it out, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to get up in five seconds and start coming for me again. So he is like, this is my chance. I got to swim as fast as I possibly can back to the boat. And so he gets back to the boat and then he calls the police and he waits there and the police come and they find no decaying headless ghost pirate body and no evidence of it being there. And so that was that for Cliff. Like they didn't they didn't believe him. They were kind of like, OK, like crazy guy. And so, yeah, that's just that's what happened to him. And he said that he still goes to the shore or he still goes. Sorry, he does not go to the shore. He goes <laughs> he still goes to Seahorse Key over by the um, shipwrecks. And we'll do spearfishing there, and like this incident had been the only time he'd ever gone onto shore, and it was Damn. the last time he ever will. He was like, "There is absolutely no way I will ever be seen back on that land. Like, I am not stepping foot on that sand."
2: Don't blame him. Right? Could so, you imagine? Like, uh, no. But like, also, okay. If you're on stand, say you're staying on Dead Man Island, which is close to Seahorse Island mm-hmm. or Key. Sorry, Key. And you look over and you see this man bashing the sand and you don't see the body because what if it was a ghost so only he could see it in that moment? But if you're observing this from the outside perspective and you just see a man going crazy hitting the – but to imagine that he's having a completely different experience.
1: Yeah. Or what if, even scarier, you're on that island and you see this crazy guy smash a body and you can't see that it's <laughs> something that's not actually like living you think he's committing murder and then you see him swim back to his boat and start his boat and then you're like shit he's going to come for me now that's worse <laughs> yeah that's worse definitely worse and then the confusion when he called the police on himself but then he doesn't get arrested and you're like oh man what? florida man things happen there it's true yeah so anyway pierre leblanc sounds like a very terrifying 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 spirit to encounter whatever it is yeah whatever he turned into gross but the locals still love telling about the legend and there's been a lot of inspiration found in his story there's um one of the bands i think a floridian band has a song about him there's an alcohol named after him there's Books and stories and all this stuff. So, yeah, a lot of inspiration taken from Pierre Leblanc and his life as a pirate <laughs> and his haunting of Seahorse Key.
2: Damn, that's scurry. What do pirates say when they're scurry. scared? Shiver me timbers. Is that right? I don't actually know what
1: shiver me timbers means. I thought it was like O M G. Shiver me timbers. <laughs> There's a snake in my boots. Or there's
2: a snake in my boots. <laughs> They're all Suddenly the same thing. Suddenly in the thing. wild
1: wild west.
2: It's the, this is how language evolved. First it was shiver me timbers, shaking in my boots. Then there's a snake in my boots. And now... Now
1: it's, oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. Every time you're yeah. shocked. Oh my God, Becky, look at her butt. <laughs>
2: there we go. Okay. Um, but we have
1: listener stories.
2: yeah. Should we do it? Should Let's we move tell on Okay, to
1: those?
2: I have one from Rachel. She says, That time I was part of the story on a Key West ghost tour. Hey, hello, ghostesses. I'm Rachel. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a huge fan of the show, and I love listening to you share bits about your lives and the ghosts you share your homes with. I've experienced a lot of paranormal events, but I, the one I'm going to tell you is my favorite so far. Growing up, my parents and I visited Key West fairly often. It is the most haunted city in the continental U.S. by square mile. And being the paranormal geeks we are, my mom and I went on the ghost tour there a few times. Even though the guides always covered the same stories, it was fun to walk around the island at night and get spooked. There's one stop on the tour that's especially active. The churchyard at St. John's Episcopal Church. Episcopal Church. It's haunted by a sea captain, some say a pirate captain, who was buried there in the 1800s. When the church burnt down and was subsequently rebuilt in the 1900s, the new retaining wall of the church was built only a few feet away from the sea captain's grave site. Well, nobody likes to be crowded, and apparently this applies even in the afterlife. The sea captain is eternally grumpy and easily set off by people bothering him and visiting his grave, thereby making him feel more crowded. He's known for doing fun things like making the churchyard gate swing shut and lock people inside, turning the street lights on and off, causing people to have severe chest pains, you know, hashtag just grumpy ghost things. <laughs> when I was about 13 or 14, my parents and I were visiting the island and my mom and I decided to go on the ghost tour one night. Everything was normal as we entered the churchyard, but our tour guide made an ill-conceived decision as she was finishing telling the story. So, our captain hasn't been very active recently, she said, putting her lantern down on the ground beside his grave. Maybe a little cha-cha could change that. And I kid you not, she started dancing on his grave. I know, what the actual crap was she thinking? Um. She had just, (laughs) like, what? She had just paused in her dance when suddenly all of the streetlights on the street went out, and at once her lantern's candle went out even though there was no wind a large man-shaped shadow with a greenish outline darted around the group and at that point my teenage brain said nope we're done and i bolted for the gate along with about three quarters of the group and after a minute the guide and the rest of our group followed the guide looked shaken and pale and we went straight back to the hotel where the tour had started my mom and i sometimes talked about what happened and we were both in agreement that the tour guide was an idiot but that we had also seen the shadowy figure Ten years later, I found myself on the very same ghost tour led by one of the founding guides and with my now fiancé, Sam. It was Sam's first trip to Key West, and since he's into Ghost 2, I knew we had to go on the tour. Again, everything was normal until we reached the churchyard, although this time there was one major difference. We did not go into the churchyard itself, but instead stood across the street. And the tour guide, John, mentioned that the tour used to go into the yard and that we were all welcome to go in on our own after the tour ended, but that something had happened about 10 years ago that made the guides change their policy. As he started to share more details, I gasped. He was talking about the very tour I had been on when I was a teenager. No, John noticed my reaction, paused, and asked if I'm all right. And I go, I think I was on that tour you're talking about what or he cocked his head at me uh want to talk about it and i told the same story (laughs) i just told you and watched john's eyebrows slowly raise higher and higher on his forehead when i mentioned not being sure what had happened to the lady tour tour guide he said she quit the next day said that she had some really bad chest pains in there and as if on cue all of the street lights on the other side of the street flickered on and off at once for the rest of the tour I took photos at each site we visited and got tons of orbs at every single one, as though by telling my story, I'd, I'd put a big neon sign on my forehead that said, hey, come say hi, that only spirits could read. John said that he'd never seen anything like it before, and we chatted so much during the tour that he invited us out for a drink afterwards and to swap more stories. Definitely one of the coolest travel stories ever. Thanks for reading. Happy hauntings from your friendly queer kitchen witch, Rachel from Connecticut.
1: Okay, Rachel's pretty much famous on that ghost tour. <laughs> Think about all the people who've heard about her, her experience. <laughs>
2: like right. Everyone. For 10 years. And I'm
1: wondering if she has some sort of power because if that was like the most significant thing that ever happened on the tour and it was when she was there and then the second time she goes on the tour, more stuff
2: happens. I'm thinking that the spirit kind of relates to Rachel. Or just remembers that she was there because the, – I can't believe the tour guide danced on his dan- on his grave. Like, no duh, yeah. something's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel no. like maybe the spirit just knows that she had been there that time. Well, she also told the story. So the spirit's like, oh, you're back? How dare you? And then – so then the lights turned off. Yes. I know. Scary. That's I know. It's crazy. That is so cool. Could you imagine – like, going back to a ghost tour that you went on when you were, what, 10 years ago? And then they tell a story and you're like, wait, I was there that night.
1: Yeah, that's her story.
2: That's so cool. That's so, so cool. cool. Oh, my gosh. And for it
1: to be that significant where – I'm well, the chest pains is scary. I think I would have quit, too. It's one thing to experience yeah. something spooky when you're doing a haunted tour anyway or, like, a grounds tour of a place that's kind of notorious for its history. But – to actually mm-hmm. like, physically f- feel like your life is threatened, no
2: one should feel that way. Nope. 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 nope Not no, at all. no. 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 Nope. 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 Okay, I have one. What do you have?
1: This is from Amber. Hello, ghostesses. My name is Amber, and I've been listening to you ladies for close to a year now. I work in a medical staff office and have always loved anything supernatural. And I found y'all tennessee native by typing ghost into spotify search bar (laughs) nice (laughs) and have been on the other side since oh i like that nice that's like that's like code word it's like hey are you on the other side
2: oh that should be part of our cold that's how you know other people are in the cold yeah are you on the other side should we do like a little secret handshake or like little weird like
1: hand movement what should we do I don't know. We have time to think about it. Okay. I've always had a thing for anything peculiar. So I understand that I could be sort of welcoming to this kind of thing. I mean, I grew up in a home with a family that shared ghost stories every family gathering at Christmas, oh. Thanksgiving, New Year's. You get the picture. So, so this, cool. Yeah, dream. So this fascination started from an early age. So in September 2017, my husband, son, Elias was two at the time, Kitty, Coraline, and my Siberian Husky named Titan all moved to a new place. We were tired of living in a small apartment, so we moved into a three-bedroom home with a large backyard. The home was built in 2000 and is in the burbs. Everything was fine and normal for a few weeks. My son, who did have a speech delay, loves animals. He started going into our large walk-in closet in our bedroom and talking to the puppy. She put quotes puppy he would say hello and bye or sometimes he would just wave towards the large area of the closet this lasted for about two months and we just brushed it off as an imaginary friend but weird things did start happening lights would turn on and i that i know for a fact my husband turned off one morning on my way to work i put my car in reverse and i noticed my porch light was on i put it in park unlocked the front door and flipped the switch down no one else was home other than my pets. And I get back into my car, I put it in reverse, and the light was back on. Literally <laughs> out loud, I grunted, fine, the light can stay on, and I drove oh my gosh. to work. A few weeks passed, no major events, just the lights turning on in different rooms and odd noises here and there. So one night in February of 2018, Elias, my husband, and I are laying in bed, and the lights are all off, but my son was playing with his LeapFrog tablet.
2: Oh, I miss the leapfrog. They
1: were the best. That's the only light in our room. Elias rises up, looks towards our master bathroom, which is connected to our room, and on the side of – and on my side of the bed. And he starts smiling and waving towards the complete darkness. He has the biggest smile on, and he says hi in the most energetic manner. So I freak like out a bit. It's like cute but scary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh! I'd be like, "You take the outside corner." I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so I freak out a bit and I ask my hu- husband if this is really happening right now. So I tell Elise to lie back down. Ten minutes later, he rises up again, smiling and talking. So I ask him <laughs> who he's talking to, and he says, "Puppy." By this time, I am almost crying but also laughing. <laughs> Elise then tells me that Puppy is going to bed and points to our closet. So after about an hour of me and my husband freaking out, we finally fall asleep. And I was actually crying during this whole hour and trying not to faint. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward to May 2018. The puppy is now a pirate. Elias is speaking much better and can give better details now. Once again, we were in bed and Elias tells me that the pirate is in the potty. I have an EMF reader and so I stood in my bathroom and it went crazy.
2: Oh my gosh. I tested it on
1: other items and they all had low readings. And I went back into my bathroom and it went crazy again. Oh my gosh. So I asked Elias to describe him. And when I asked, his face went from normal to scared. He refused to talk about the pirate. A few days later, I picked Elias up from daycare. And as we walked into our living room, he said, Mama, pirate bad. He pointed to the ceiling. So I asked him to tell me what he looks like, and he shut down again. He then says, I'm scared. And he points to our bed and says, Pirate, go night-night. Uh-uh. So the mama bear and me starts getting frustrated that this thing is scaring my son. And I walk in my room, and I say, please stop scaring my son. I attempt to get Elias to walk in with me, but he just stood on the outside in the doorway. And Elias, with urgency, yells, Mama, come on. Oh, and no. And made gestures for me to get out of the room. Things cooled down. Oh, I've got full body chills right now. <laughs> yeah. Things cooled down, and he would say pirate here and there, but he never spoke directly to it, and he still hasn't since. This event scared me enough to purchase sage in, a, in an attempt to cleanse my house. The day I planned to use the sage, it went missing.
2: Oh no! And I searched
1: all day and then we had family over and I found it that night and I told my husband that I would do it the next day. And the next day it went missing again. And every time I've made the plan to use it, something came up. It's now September 2018. Elias is now three and refers to it as a ghost. He even sometimes says, I ain't afraid of ghosts. (laughs) Sadly, I still have not used the sage, but things have calmed down. I'm not sure why or how. We still see lights in the corner of our eyes, and my cat will just stare at nothing. Oh, gosh. But I don't feel like I'm on high alert, as I once did. We are building a new home and are scheduled to move in a few weeks. I am planning to use something for the new home. Any recommendations on what to use to cleanse our new home? This is is a great opportunity for a Facebook post thread on cleansing your space.
2: People Um, have lots of... Good suggestions.
1: Right. I love listening to the podcast, and I I tell everyone to give you all listen. Keep up the spooky work. Thanks, Amber. And then she included a small suggestion for future merch. She said, most people either have the fight or flight reflex, but a few of us, including me, we have vasovagil syncope. This causes me to pass out during times of extreme stress. During my entire pregnancy, every OB visit wasn't complete without me passing out at least one. Oh. Apparently, it can be genetic, which makes complete sense because my mother can stub her toe and will pass out if she doesn't sit down immediately. Oh, my gosh. What I'm trying to say is that the shirt should say, I have fainting. <laughs> <laughs> so I have the fight. I have the flight.
2: I and have I have fainting. <laughs> it's just a bunch of ghosts like asleep <laughs> oh, that's amazing
1: good. oh my gosh but isn't her scary her story so scary
2: it's so scary because i went through like so many different emotions like when it first happened i was like oh look like, it seems sweet like the little kids just smiling and saying hi and like it's kind of cute and yeah it's weird there's a ghost but like it doesn't seem scary and then all of a sudden, the second that he's able to acknowledge what the ghost is and say it's a pirate, and then the mom asks or Amber asks, What does he look like? That second it flips. Right.
1: And to I'm thinking about why someone so young, someone who's two to three years old, would describe someone else as a pirate. And if you think about television and the way that pirates are depicted, it's usually depicted as these very evil and scary beings you know like right like the pirate's always the bad guy Mm -hmm. and so maybe it was just a bad person and elias knew this and that's why he was saying it was a pirate you know that's
2: that was his way of saying it's a bad it's a bad guy i also wonder because you know when kids like you go through phases when you have different fascinations and if it's a dark entity it, it can present itself as whatever it thinks will help manipulate you manipulate mm-hmm. you so like a puppy for a two year old is like super cute and you would smile at it and you would say hi and then as you get older maybe he like because little kids love pirates Peter Pan yeah and so like what if he had just watched Peter Pan or just watched something with pirates and he was like oh I like pirates and so then the spirit starts showing up as a pirate because that's what he's into and then it kind of gets tries yeah.
1: to ooh. Yep. Oh my gosh. It's so creepy. So creepy. Don't and it makes like me feel that. really bad. Like, I'm glad Elias is there to say, like, hey, mom, like, leave the room. This is a bad thing. Let's go. Like, he's vocalizing that enough that yeah. they're not completely ignoring it. And he,
2: yeah, to know he has good instincts. That's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have they have a cat and a dog, so they have their pets to protect them and to listen exactly. to and engage, you know, exactly. the
2: energy. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, wow! If you guys have ghost stories about pirates, about anything whatsoever, aliens, Bigfoot, whatever it is, please email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail dot com. Yes, extra emphasis on those Bigfoot stories. I
1: really want to hear those. <laughs> We also have several ways to support us. You can either donate to our Patreon. You can rate and review us on iTunes. You can buy merchandise. You can do all three. Mm -hmm. And you can come see us live when we do more shows in the future.
2: Yeah. And just a note about Patreon. We now do eight episodes a month on top of our full-time jobs. And we edit. We do everything on our own. And so... You know, even a dollar a month goes a really long way. Uh, Should I for start us. singing
1: Sarah McLaughlin? In the, arms of oh. <laughs> the angel.
2: Sabrina, keep, keep saying your sad story about how poor we are. And Fine. just one dollar a month can help save Fine. the future of this podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you can show your support in that way, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah. But there are other ways to support. And just listening and word of mouth is like. Huge, 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 huge. So Illuminato, tell everyone that's the way we work.
2: Are you on the other side? Are you on the other side? We are.
1: We have Instagram. We have Twitter. We have Facebook. Join and follow all of them. And we will see you you on on the
0: other other side. side. Very spooky.